Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time of the day you're watching this video, this is Dr. Eric Tangumonken with IEM Approach, where we inspire, equip, and motivate people to discover God's great potential in them, develop that potential, and deploy it. Give me a second, let me make sure the system is working. Let's just want to check and make sure that uh, the mic disconnected and everything is ready to go. I want to welcome you to uh, today's broadcast. I'm excited that you've decided to tune in. If you are watching, I want to encourage you to share the video, invite other people to join us. If you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, I want you to subscribe to my channel, leave comments. If you have any questions, you have a number on the screen. You call it, it's going to come directly to me, 214-908-3963. If you want to email, the email is also there, eternalkingdom101 at gmail.com eternalkingdom101 at gmail.com. I'm going to be talking about uh, some issues today that uh, can be very controversial. And I, I want you to listen very closely and very kindly. I don't want to be misunderstood or mischaracterized. It's very important that you understand my worldview, so that whatever I say, you will interpret it based upon my personal experience. If you haven't met an immigrant, you will meet one very soon. If you're not working with an immigrant, maybe there is an immigrant that is taking care of your parents in a nursing home. If you haven't received any services from an immigrant, sooner or later, your nurse, your doctor, maybe an immigrant. What I'm going to be talking today will be within the context of the US immigration system. And if you are an employer, you haven't employed immigrants yet, sooner or later, you're going to have to. Migration is part and parcel of the human experience. And no matter what we do, people are always going to migrate. This is going to be the backdrop of what I'll be talking today. And it's a discussion that I will conclude tomorrow. I had introduced some aspects of it in prior broadcast, and I said I was going to come back to it and actually address a few things. What I'm going to be talking today is not popular, and I, I really don't care about it. I just want to say what my experiences have been and what I think can be the way forward for all of us. And before I say anything, 
I want to say that there are three reasons why people migrate. Three reasons why people migrate. The first reason is people migrate because they are fleeing from harm. It can be political, religious, economic. Something is making the people uncomfortable wherever they are. And they choose to move from point A to point B. And usually in their flight, what is driving them is safety, 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 well-being, well-being. It can even be for better opportunities, better economic outlook. So people usually don't move from a place that is uncomfortable to another place that is uncomfortable. They usually move to somewhere that compared to wherever they're moving from is offering whatever they need. So the first reason people are fleeing, fleeing harm, fleeing from harm. The second reason is people are looking for something better. It can be better healthcare, better schools, better economic outcome. You name it, they just want to improve their lives. They want, to, they want the good things of life. You can't fault people for looking for better things. You can't fault people from fleeing persecution. The third reason why people move is for conquest. So these people feel that they are either strong enough and they can throw their weight around. So they will move into some other people's territory or their country or whatever, and they try to take over. All immigration falls under these three categories. And it's very, very important for us to understand why people move. If we don't understand it, it becomes very difficult to have any level-headed discussion on immigration. You may be wondering, why should we bother having these conversations? We should, we must, because people are moving around. We've just had recent killings in the US. Asian Americans that have been that were shot for no good reason. We cannot allow such atrocities to continue. It's highest time we have these conversations. It's highest time we are honest with ourselves and have an honest discussion. Because the attitude of kicking the can down to the next generation is not going to do us any good. But today, I will try to focus just on my own story, my own experience, and what I think. Then tomorrow, I will get into the solutions that we can look at and come out with a way forward. But it's important for us to understand why people move in the first place, because there are other questions that we need to ask. If we don't understand why people are moving in the first place, we are going to be accused of being racist, of not being compassionate, 
of, of not uh, showing love. So it's very important to know why people move. And when we understand that, we're going to ask the next series of questions that will help us have a level-headed discussion. Don't put your head in the sand. Immigration is impacting you whether you like it or not. Immigration is going to impact you whether you like it or not. And don't say, oh, this has nothing to do with my job. This has nothing to do uh, with uh, being uh, a, a, an employee or an employer. Immigration is happening and it's going to impact you. So the, the sooner you get engaged, learn about it, understand it, the better. Because the country is changing around you. Whether you like it or not, it's happening. And that is why I think writing, as I've done, and having these conversations is my own little way of trying to engage you and many other people so that we can have a level-headed discussion that will help move us forward as a country and move us forward as humans. If you've been listening to my work of faith, you must have heard that initially I came to the United States on a student visa. Student visas have lots of restrictions to it. And again, nothing wrong with the restrictions. It's the law of the country. I came in as a student and when they gave the visa to me, I accepted that it was a non immigrant visa. I was not migrating to the United States. And as an international student, I had to follow certain rules. It is not unique to the United States of America. All over the world, each country has their immigration laws and certain restrictions are placed on people who are not born in certain places. This conversation right now is not about whether those laws are good or not. It's about my response, my responsibility as an individual, issues of character, of obeying the law, of living within the prescription of what I agreed to. When I went to the embassy, I agreed I'm being issued a non-immigrant visa. I'm coming to the United States as a student. And I'm going to live in the United States under certain conditions. That is why the visa was given to me. That was my understanding. And again, I'm going to be speaking for me. But there are broader implications of living in a certain way that I'm going to get into. Again, I'm speaking from my understanding. So when I got into the country on an F1 visa, I realized that I could not walk. I realized that I had to take minimum of eight credit hours as an international student. And that I had to stay in school no, take a minimum of nine credit hours as an international student. That's three, three credit hour courses. I wasn't eligible for the scholarships that the US citizens had. 
There were many doors I could not walk through, and it made life very difficult. And I, I, I don't blame the system because I had shown proof of funds that I could sponsor myself in the United States. And that's what most international students do. So it's really on me to keep my own part of the bargain. I came in as a student. I had provided documentation at the embassy that I could educate myself in the United States. I wasn't going to be a burden on the country. That is why they let me enter. The discussion of if we should change these laws, open the borders and let people move around is a discussion for another day. Right now, let's just focus. I'm working with what I'm having right now. How do you thrive in the midst of all these limitations? So I stayed on the, on the F1 visa. I graduated school on the F1 visa because the options for me to change and get a green card, I could not exploit them as I've already explained. If you haven't heard, I'll just give you a summary. I could declare political asylum and I could stretch that because by the way, when I just graduated school in Cameroon and I was uh, involved in buying and selling uh, dried fish, I went to the creeks to buy the fish on one occasion and I was brutalized by law enforcement, uh, a law enforcement officer, and I still have scars on my body from that incident. I could use that incident to say the country that I was raised was unstable, I was maltreated, please, I'm running away from political uh, upheaval, I, I, I need to declare political asylum. No, but I, I, I refuse because in my judgment, I went to the embassy, I was granted a student visa, and there was no way for me to circumvent the fact that I came here on a student visa. Yes, those around me told me, uh, you have to do something to change your purpose. If you don't do it, life was going to be difficult. But I said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to cheat. It's not possible for me to get married and get get married to a U.S. citizen and get a green card because I was already married then. So there was no there was no way for me to do a quick fix to the pressure and inconveniences that I was facing. But I learned through that process that character is important. That standing for principles is important. I'm going to pick it back. I asked the question, why do people migrate? There are three reasons. The first one is people are fleeing from any form of persecution and they have the right to flee. The second one is people are looking for better opportunities and they have the right to. The third one is people are moving to conquer and they have the right to. But each reason why people move, there is also a way that wherever they move to is going to receive them. And people usually don't move from 
a good place to a bad place. They usually move from bad to good. This implies that if you are moving from a system that is failing, that laws are not working, that due process is not in place, that the economy is failing, they are reasons why you are fleeing from that system. And there are also reasons why you chose a particular country to move to. If this country, the economy is working, there are reasons why that economy is working. If there are opportunities in that country, there are reasons why there are opportunities in that country. If things are working in that country, there are reasons why things are working in that country. If that country is attractive to you, there are reasons why that country is attractive to you. You must ask yourself, do I want to repeat the same way things are being done, wherever I'm fleeing from, wherever I'm moving away from in my new place? The obvious answer is no. It's very important to ask these questions and answer them. That is, the re that is part of the reason why I chose not to become an illegal immigrant in the United States. I was processing all this information. Where I came from, laws don't work. People change the laws to suit their condition. There's bribery, there's corruption, economy is not working, the schools are nowhere funded because people embezzle public funds, people cheat, they change the, 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 the forged documents, fake degrees, and fake birth certificates, you name it. The whole place is, is, is a big mess. And I could not move to the US and start acting in the same way of cheating and lying just because I believe that the United States is a good place to stay in, and I'm going to do whatever within my power to circumvent the system. Because I understand that when you start breaking the system to favor you, and everybody does the same thing, in the long run, the whole system will be broken. The whole system will be broken. Lawlessness does not benefit anybody. Yes, you as an individual, you may break the law. You may say it's a bad law. You break the law. What are you doing? You are training yourself how to break the law. You're not only going to break immigration law, you will break other laws. Don't tell me, I'm just going to break this law and I'll keep the other one. We are create creatures of habit. Pressure comes on us to compromise. Pressure comes on us to take the easy way out. 
Pressure comes on us to do what everybody is doing. Pressure comes on us to give up. Pressure comes on us to look for a microwave solution. If we don't learn how to take the pressure, if we don't learn how to deal with the pressure, if we don't learn how to be people of character, if we don't learn how to operate by principles, if we don't learn how to stand firm, if we don't learn how to tame that hunger, we are going to settle down for less when the time of trial comes. Don't just tell me I'll compromise here and I'll be able to fight the next battle and win. You are going to fail. You will fail. And that is why it's very important to begin to learn how to stand and fight for principles and allow principles to govern your life. If not, you are going to have difficulties. Having a green card is not the end of the world. Many people have. And what are they doing with it? The people of character, can they stand the pressure that is needed for them to move to the next level? Have they learned how to operate by principles? Principles work everywhere, no matter where you find yourself. They work in Africa, they work in the United States, they work in Alaska, they work everywhere. Principles work in Antarctica, they work in the Arctic. Principles work everywhere. And that is why you must govern your life by principles if you want to do well. The pressure on me was immense. It was intense. Four kids, no green card, no job, nothing. And people are telling you left and right, you were stupid, you were foolish. What are you trying to show? Why didn't you compromise? Why didn't you do what everybody else is doing or what most people are doing? I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And that is why I moved from F1 visa to H1B. From H1B visa back to F1. Because I wanted to stay in the country legally. It was not cheap. I went back to school to do an MBA after my PhD without a job, borrowing money on credit cards at very high interest rates, trying to stay in school because I believe that for America to remain great, for the country to remain functioning, we need laws that work. We need people that obey the law because if we break laws, the system will be broken. Again, I'm not saying if the laws are good or not. That's, that's a different conversation. For now, the laws are there. What do you do? The laws are there. I moved from F1 to H1B, back to F1 to F2. All these visa changes, I had to pay money to change the visa and all that, and making sure I maintained an attitude of character. I maintained character. It's paid off big time. That's why I'm having this conversation with you. It was a choice. 
I could have chosen to go the other way. I had every excuse under the sun to say, oh, poor me. The system doesn't like me. Or they're discriminating against me. Let me circumvent the rules. But I understood that I'll be undermining my integrity. I'll be undermining my character. I will be mortgaging my future if I did that. And that's why I always talk about the component of faith in my life that helps me navigate no matter what obstacle I'm facing. A story that came in my mind is that of Esau, the twin brother of Jacob. Esau was the firstborn. And back in the days, firstborns came with a lot of privileges. The inheritance belonged to the firstborn by birthright. Esau goes out to the field one day to hunt. And his hunting trip was a failure. He came back very, very hungry. It is written, he was famished. He was very hungry. You don't blame a hungry man, right? The issue is not the hunger. The issue is how you handle the hunger. What do you do with the hunger? How do you channel the hunger? How do you use the hunger? He was hungry. Instead of pushing more to hunt more, he came home. His brother had made a pot of soup. And Esau had nothing to bargain for, for the pot of soup. So he asked Jacob, please, can you give me some of your soup? I'm very hungry. Jacob, being crafty, asked his brother, can you give me a bed right in exchange for this little bowl of polish? And Esau said, oh, I don't care. Who cares about, who cares about bed right? And what is bed right? You know, I, I don't care about it. Please give me soup. I want it now. I'm hungry. I'm going to die. I can't wait to step into better and bigger things. I want it now. That's what most people do. You are faced with a situation. You amplify it to the point where nothing matters. Character doesn't care. You lie, you cheat, you do whatever because you've convinced yourself that you're going to die. It's a big lie. You will not die. You have to do the right thing. No matter the cost, no matter how long it takes, you must do the right thing if you want to emerge at the top. Character. Character is everything. Character is everything. None of us is going to buy a product again if that product does not deliver what it promises. None of us will. You are a product. You have to be a person of character. And it's going to cost you something. You must be willing to pay the price. It doesn't come easy. You're going to be tempted. My case was immigration. Was I going to sacrifice everything because I want to become a U.S. citizen? Or was I going to stand and die and give up 
the easy way and suffer. Yes, it took me 14 years to become a U.S. citizen. 14 long, difficult years. I'm saying all this because tomorrow I'll be talking about the solutions and I want all of us that just throw out stuff out there to understand very well what it takes to make the system to work. It's very important. This is my story. You can take it away from me. And I thank God that I've lived to share it. 14 long years. I had to go through vaccinations, medical checkups, and all that. And that is why it's very disheartening and very distressing when we just say, oh, well, just, just give them, give the green cards, you know, just share it around, you know, just, just open the borders, let everybody come in, kumbaya. What are we doing? What are we thinking? It's a slap on the face of all who believe in the rule of law. It's a slap on the faces of all those who believe that things have to be done appropriately. And we are doing a disservice to the people who we encourage not to develop character, not to stand, fight their battles in the hiding, and so that they can develop the tenacity and what it's going to take for them to move to the next level. How you learn to carry yourself in the private, how you learn to fight when nobody is watching, how you learn to fight and win over secret uh, uh, battles is going to determine the outcome of the public battles that are coming your way. You remember David? When he faced Goliath, he had been fighting in the hiding. He had been fighting in the hiding. What battles are you fighting? Which ones are you winning? If you don't develop that ability, opportunities will come your way. And if you always believe in circumventing the rules, doing it your own way, not going by principles, you will be found wanting and you are going to fail. I don't want that for you. And as a community, we need to have this conversation and make sure that we are speaking the truth. We're helping people in a way that we actually place them to do well. It's how sold his bed right. Fast forward towards the end of his father's life. It was time for him to pass the baton to the next generation to hand over the blessings of the first son. And when Esau lost, he wept, he lamented, he cried and pleaded, oh father, don't you have another, another blessing for me? There was none, there was none. At the heart of this discussion is the issue of character. Charisma, as John Maxwell says, will take you to the top. It can keep you there. It's character that will keep you there. You have to be a person of your word. You have to be a person of integrity. You have to be somebody that stands for the truth. You have to understand the rule of law. Yes, if immigration laws are bad, we'll have that conversation. Let's change them. But before we change them, you need to learn how to circumvent and stand and take the heat and take the pressure. If not, you are settling down for less because you are training yourself not to take the heat. You are training yourself not to take the pressure. You are training yourself not to walk 
in the way of character, in the way of integrity. Don't tell me you don't understand my situation. You don't understand mine. I had four kids, four. My wife wasn't working. She wasn't having no papers. None of us having papers. And I am in school, borrowing money and paying tuition because I want to do it right. That was how far we went. And I thank God that God came through for us and rewarded our effort. And today I know and I know that where I am right now is the right place. I started by saying that people move for three reasons. For better opportunities, they are fleeing persecution, or they are out to conquer. And people are moving to a better place. When you move to a better place, you must ask this question, why is this place better? Why are things working? Why are there opportunities? When you ask that question, the next question is, how am I going to maintain it the way it is and move it up to the next level so that other people can also benefit from it? It's not just about what do I take out? When you break laws, when you don't uh, 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 follow uh, principles, what you are doing is you are being selfish. You just want to take care of you. I don't care about anybody else. If you destroy the place, where will other people flee to when the time comes for them to flee? If you don't create more opportunities, how will other people move there when there is need for opportunities? Don't tell me I just want to survive. Don't tell me I just want to take care of me. No, don't break the system. Don't break the system. When you are breaking the system, you are depriving the next generation. You are depriving everybody else. It is not good. We must not only maintain the system, we have to take it up to the next level, and it's going to require character. It's going to require integrity. And character and integrity is not given. You develop it. I've already told you that the ability to stand and say no was not because I was in the United States. I remember before I came here how I stood up to my uncle. I got kicked out of uh, 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 the, the, the room that I was sharing with a friend because I refused to compromise. I refused to uh, uh, participate in a political uh, campaign that I didn't like the politics. I, I've already told you how in an examination room, I was convicted. I was convicted for cheating. I got up, tore my examination uh, paper and put it in, in, in the dustbin and walked out and said, I'm giving up uh, that A grade. But I learned something. I still made that A-grade. It was a very excruciating, difficult decision to make. Developing character is not going to come easily. You must be willing to die, to live. You must be willing to let go of that which you hold very precious. Until you start living like that, you are not going to step up to your best. You may think you are already there. You are not. All of us need to push ourselves. And I hope this conversation today has helped you to realize that you can do more, you can be more if you are willing to die. I have resources. I can't say everything through this broadcast and I'm encouraging you to grab them. There is a book here about my story, Coming to America, A Journey of Faith. There are tons of stories in there, tons of specific prayers and 
specific answers. I've told you about the socks, the six pairs of socks that I got. I prayed for socks and those socks and God provided. I want you to read this book. Share it with your children. Share it with your relatives. Grab a copy. If you need uh, to order uh, uh, lots of copies, I will be willing to discount them for you. Just reach out to me. My publishing company publishes the book, so I have control over all the rights. We can work out a deal for you. If you want to distribute the books to thousands of people, let's strike a deal. We're going to make it very, very affordable. There is this other one here uh, from Cameroonian to an American uh, 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 citizen. The details are in here. Again, uh, IEM Press publishes the books, and we have very deep discounts for people who want to order many copies. We cannot fold our hands and not do anything about the challenges that we're facing right now. We have a crisis at the border right now, and we are having crisis in the country. It's time for us to have this conversation. I want to thank you so much for watching. Please share this video. Join me tomorrow. Let's talk about solutions. I don't only like to talk about problems. I like to bring solutions on the table. And together, we can make a difference. Once more, you've been listening to Dr. Eric Tangumonkan with IEM Approach, where we inspire, equip, and motivate people to discover God's great potential in them, develop that potential, and deploy it. See you tomorrow. God bless you.